Let's make sure history never forgets the name. Sci-fi melody. Got out. Hey, Rage, what are we doing today? He's not here yet. He's always late. I know. We really got to talk to him about that. So, anime this month. We probably should have covered some of these sooner. Yeah, we probably should have. But, I mean, I am listening to something on Spotify right now. It's called Zodiac Task Force. It's kind of like anime rolled into... He-Man. And Thundercats. With G.I. Joe. And some Power Rangers. I think I even heard a bit of Avatar influence and maybe even some Captain Planet. And there's definitely Naruto in there, too. Yeah, but it's also kind of its own thing. Yeah, it definitely is. Ooh, who's your favorite character? Libra's pretty cool. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's hilarious. I love it. Yeah, I've even started trying to mimic him. Check it out. You can keep your spells. Up here, I'm the magic man. That sucked. Can you do better? Probably. That sucked. Yeah, try it then. <clears throat> <clears throat> Come on, Cap. Ah. Come on, General. Did you really think we'd fail? Don't answer that. That's not as good as me. Did you hear yourself? I heard myself. Did you hear you s- yourself? Oh, oh, come on. I couldn't have been any worse than you. You completely bombed. Are you kidding? Are your headphones even on? Do you have something blocking fellas, your ears? Fellas, 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 Hey, boys, calm down. <clears throat> you both did a good job, but you didn't do a great job. Because the great job goes to me, Libra. Let me show you how it's done. Oh, come on, General. Did you really have any doubts? Come on. Give me a fist bump. Actually, you want to know what? Judging by your face, I'd say you did have some doubts. Probably in the me department. Libra! Sci-Fi Melody. Symptom 235. Zodiac Task Force. It stinks! It stinks! It stinks! (laughs) This week, (laughs) we rip Mark! Welcome, sickies, to... Anime April. I keep I keep the alliteration going. I will do this until the day I die. But today we are kicking off our anime with uh, anime month with um, something a little different. That uh, well, before we get into that, I want to mention that not only do we have anime April for all you otaku and weebos. Yes, I'm using the term wrong now. Uh, <laughs> changing the term. But we're also, this month, featuring Ruck. How you doing? Hi, Matt. Uh, Ruck is here. That's me. I'm the resident Weebo. He's the resident Weebo. So, although, to be fair, I was doing the otaku thing before he was alive. Literally, which is kind of sad. <laughs> it reminds I've dedicated me of- more of my life to it. <laughs> I- I have. How many how many days have you wasted away just sitting in your bed crying watching anime? All right, you got me beat. For there. me, I guess for, I just, for me it's too many. <laughs> I guess I was just looking at it in terms of wow, the mortal coil is tightening on me. Oh, that's depressing. <laughs> is that why you're trying to make your impression by trying to become a big Hollywood writer now? Yeah, yeah, I got to <laughs> do something before I die, right? Anyway, but as we said, as I said, we're doing Zodiac Task Force, which is actually an audio drama that is, well, we'll get into that in a minute, more why it fits into this month. But the problem is, Ruck and I are doing it. And so, therefore, we've decided, in all fairness, 
I can't be the first chair on this one. So Scott's going to have to take the helm. Number two, you have the chair. <laughs> All right. So it I want sucks. S- it sucks. It sucks. <laughs> Let me fill it in and do it for you, Scott. No, no, no. Um, personally, I thought that I enjoyed this. Um, but I wanted to bring in our special guest for today's podcast that I've told nobody about yet. And let me go over here and click. And I'd like to welcome in Mr. J.J. Abrams. <laughs> J.J., how are you doing today? It's such a mystery. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm doing it wrong. Awesome. I made a new mystery box. And I got paid billions of dollars for it. So much. I love no meritocracy. See, now that was Mark doing his J.J. impression. But Mr. Abrams, what did you think of it? Well... I thought it was great, except uh, we find out too much information. Too, uh, this is done. Take it out. I'm, I'm into I'm into Libra somehow, trying to do J.J. Abrams. So, all right. Um, well, howdy, y'all. I did Star Wars. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. We'll just move on from that. Um, so, I think what we're going to start with, and I might turn this one over to Mr. Rockstar. Yes, sir. Run us through the plot through the first eight episodes of Zodiac Task Force. Well, nine, because uh, nine yeah, isn't out yet. Nine dropped today. Okay. I won't spoil anything for, for you guys, though, because you guys still have to listen to the episode. Um, you're really putting me on the spot. Oh, I guess this is now really Ruck's one-minute on plot summary, you? huh? Yeah. Oh, good luck. Gosh. We'll find out how difficult this is. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. Start the clock. Don't worry. Three. You can't, no, no, no. You can't do any worse than Mark does, so you'll be fine. Hey, I've nailed it before. <laughs> anyway, we're starting the clock. Ready in three, two, one. Go fail. Okay. So Starkron comes and he invades the planet Etheria. He's a new threat to the galaxy. He has tried to be. Uh, 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 he's tried to take over the galaxy, and he is. Uh, starting with his former planet that he used to live on, Etheria. Uh, this threat reaches back to Draxel, where in a weakened state, uh, because of so many years of peace, they decide to reform the Zodiac Task Force. The Zodiac Task Force uh, is a group of heroes that uh, come and save the day always. Uh, um, so General Capricorn uh, goes and tries to form the new, newly found Zodiac Task Force, but she is forced to uh, use a few ragtag groups because of a new threat uh the rebels, the anomaly, uh, and in that threat, uh, they defeat Koa Eden, but uh, they, the task force doesn't fe- defeat him. The king does, which makes him uh, slip into a coma. They then have to go to the planet Etheria, where Starkron is, to go find something called the Cortical Resuscitator, uh, so that they can uh, uh, help the king live again, as well as try to find out some information on Starkron and possibly defeat him. Uh, then, after that. Uh, they get to the planet Etheria, they uh, find this thing called the Vault, which they go inside of, and they uh, take uh, the Cortical Resuscitator, and they also find the uh, ship called, uh, the Shadow Chaser vessel called Cancer, who is in turn their next uh, teammate. Uh, then, after this, uh, they uh, find uh, the Cortical Resuscitator and the ship, and they're trying to leave, but Starkron stops them. Starkron then goes, hey, yo... Uh, I'm going to destroy all your asses real quick. Uh, Then uh, he is on the verge of winning, but Alara defeats him last second. Uh, Then after that, uh, uh, we get back to the planet of Draxel, where uh, 
there is more stuff happening, and I think that's the plot so far. I only edit and also write for this show, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You made two, two minutes. minutes. Which, you know, I don't have much to... Rockstar's two-minute plot summary. Yeah, right. Rock... I just got to say, you derailed me in the middle of it, though, because you went, hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> Y'all here to see the sci-fi melody or the N-W-O? <laughs> I, I heard Razor. I heard Scott Hall in the middle I, of that, and I was just lost from the rest oh of it. Oh, boy. Scott got into one fall. This is turning into one fall. Well, Scott's also very easily derailed. So R- Rest in true. peace, Razor Ramon. Rest in peace, baby. Rest in um, peace. All right, fun facts. I have one fun fact about the Zodiac Task Force. Wow, you actually have a fun fact. That was yes, I do. But no, go ahead. And then I'm going to turn it over to you guys. Um, fun fact. The inspiration for the Zodiac Task Force came from a shared dream between Mark and Shane, in which Mark was trapped in a giant 100-foot apple pie, and he was slowly boiling to death. But he could look up into the night sky and see the constellations. And he realized that the path of the constellations shone light down on the cross-weaving <laughs> pattern of the crust of the apple pie. And by following that, he was able to make his way over to a set of stairs out of the apple pie. And on the other side, there was a demented baker with a voice changer who was telling him, You have survived my evil plot. And this was the end of Mark's dream. And he shared it with Shane somehow telekinetically. And they've been trying to recreate this escape from a vat of apple pie. Okay. Uh, Love it. Or not. You know, you know what? Um, I would accept oh, nah. that. I would accept that as long as it involves us going back in time for some reason. And the pie is a talking pie. <laughs> Anybody get that reference? Simpsons. Simpsons. Oh, Ron okay. Howard, you've done it again. <laughs> it's about a it's about a breakdancing it's about a breakdancing cyborg driving instructor who goes back in time for some reason. See, I have a fun fact. I know I th- this came from Mark trying to trash on Hollywood writers all the time and s- saying it's not that hard to write and finding out yes it is hard to write. Anything you can do, I can do better. It's okay. not that hard if no. you got an idea. Um, so, well, uh, yeah, those are some interesting facts, but, um, um, you don't call them fun. I thought uh, it was fun. I'll tell you what, at the end of the episode, if you can respond in comments with what was really the true fun facts and which were the made up fun facts, you will win nothing. (laughs) No, no. You You will 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 win all the bits that I cut out of every episode. You will win a free CD, CD of Rage Master Sings after the Rage Master goes through and collates it and edit it, edits it and mixes it down to a CD. Oh yeah, yeah, that's gonna be a lot. You know, Offer what? not binding in the forty-eight continuous United States, the United States, or anywhere on the planet Earth or in orbit of Earth. Actually, uh, yeah, offer void outside of Draxel. <laughs> only, uh, only, on, only available valid, on Draxel. only in Draxel. Yes. Just starting fun facts. Yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. Okay. Let me let me jump in. I got one. Whoa! Hold I, up. Oh. Okay. Thomas wants to bring in Shane. Oh, you well, yes. Bring we in haven't Shane. brought Shane Knock in yet. Out. Go ahead. Well, uh, before the actual writers take over fun facts here, I got one actual fun fact. We have a guest star. We do. Yes. And this time it is not J.J. Abrams. Thank God. It's yeah. Shane. 
Hello. Yay! Fun fact, we got yes. Shane here, the other yes. part of the ZTF trifecta. <laughs> Sorry, I am Yay. late. I'm happy to be here. Well, Shane, you were yeah. Shane is uh, responsible for. Well, I guess I'll introduce us because we're just going to be ripping ch first chair back and forth like a semi-professional podcast here. Uh, <laughs> Just as a heads up, uh, so before Scott takes back over, let's do this jarringly. I am uh, the three of us are all writers. We take our turns on that. We'll talk about that later for the fun facts. But I play Sagittarius, Shane. I play Starkron, the mighty Starkron. And Ruck. I play Libra, <laughs> amongst others. And harmonica. <laughs> <laughs> So, Scott, are we allowed to do fun facts now? Let's do the real fun facts. Alrighty. Nothing involving a giant vat of apple pie. <laughs> Unless it's talking. Unless it's a talking apple pie. With a breakdancing robot driving instructor that goes back in time for some reason. I think Shane, that aren't you story glad you jumped into taken. this at the most random point? I am. I am. I like talking apple pie. <laughs> well, Ruck, you uh, came up with some fun facts for us, so why don't you... Uh... I did. Started. I have, I got 12 here. Uh, so Ooh. I guess we'll just kind of go down the list. Uh, so the first one that I have written down here is uh, Zodiac Task Force Origin. Um, I will play the clip after this fun fact. But uh, so the origin is from a cross-examination, which is a show over on the Quesitorium that no longer really exists, uh, where me and Shane were talking about the real-life Zodiac uh, task force that was used to like hunt down the zodiac killer uh and uh that kind of led to a conversation on discord uh talking about like oh zodiac task force kinda sounds like a cool show and well here we are it originally started as a cool punk metal band and then turned into <laughs> a show yes yeah i i remember from my end, they were. It was a cross examination about the Zodiac killer, and Ruck called himself. He was Ruck and Shane were like, "Well, we are the Zodiac Task Force," and I. I don't know why this is relevant, but it was because all of my best ideas come to me at the dumbest time possible. I was mopping a bathroom, and I was like, "Man, that would be a great. That would be a great name for an '80s show." <laughs> and later on in the uh, the. Not, it wasn't even Raven Lunatic at the time. It was uh, Case Closed chat. Uh, I, yeah. I pitched it as such. And then all of a sudden, and I started the beginnings of a theme song. And then all of a sudden, Shane took over and kept coming up with ideas. And then Ruck would do it. And, then I, and we kept bouncing off each other different ideas. And we did this for a good solid, like, 20 minutes. Just keep fleshing this out. And then, finally, it was... We got to do this. Well, yeah. well, actually, no. It was you and Shane who said we got to do this, and then you asked me to join, and then, yeah. and then that was that. Yeah. You know, it was a real team effort. That one. It was one person would say one thing, and then someone else would bounce off the other person, and you know, it would just keep it just snowballed. That was like ten months ago already. That was, and uh, we're I still know. going strong. Yeah. We're still going strong. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Crazy. Yeah. What was next? Um, the next uh, next fun fact is that same night, literally the night that we're talking about right now, uh, where we were forming the idea, 
I had written episode one in that one night. Uh, and that's the second fun fact. <laughs> Which is a fun fact. Pulled oh, all-nighter. Just did it. Which is a fun fact I did not know about until today. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. I remember creating the group chat, and then immediately, I think I think it was pretty late at night, so I think you fell asleep, Mark. Shane, you were probably still awake, and I just started typing. And I was like, this is great. This is great. This is great. This is great. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Uh, our next fun fact is uh, one that involves everybody here. Well, almost everybody here. Uh, episode 9 just came out this morning, and with that release, now every member of Raving Lunatic Media has been a part of an episode and played a character. Uh, as we said, Rage plays Sagittarius, uh, I play Libra, Shane plays Starkron, but you might not know that Scott, Thomas, and Layla also have characters. Uh, Layla plays the lovely Necrostella. Scott played a noble in one of the first episodes. I believe it was episode one that he played. It was it. episode one. Uh, yep. Uh, Thomas plays the guard one of the guards in the episode that came out today uh in episode nine and if you want to rope ethan into this as well ethan from uh dry back the night uh he plays dr briek which originated in episode eight nine i think it was this episode right no, no eight i think no it was eight, yeah seven. it was eight i think well we had him play it was labeled scientist originally yeah and it was just uh episode seven i think he I had just think. one line it was sir we have him yeah well still oh, yeah. and then and then I, and then we're like well if he's gonna be a regular he should get a name and background and all that so mm -hmm, but yeah so he's been around since seven by the way you said layla how is she involved in this uh raving lunatic media oh she runs our uh lovely podcast called uh case of the chills and she also voices Necrostella. She does a wonderful job at both of those things. And uh, go check out uh, Case of the Chills real quick, too. If After this podcast, though, listen to this one first. Yeah. Yeah. Finish this one, then go yeah. check out the other ones. And, and while, we're on, yes. while we're on it, uh, fun fact about that, Shane and Layla, uh, so Starcron and, Necro and uh, Necrostella, Starcron and Necrostella are, kind of are an item. Shane and yes. Layla are married. Yes, so they they're playing, they're <laughs> playing partners in crime, both on Raving Lunatic Media and uh, Zodiac Task Force, which means you can deliver this message for me, Shane. I want an episode about a haunted elevator. <laughs> I've been harping uh, on this for like a month. You're never going to haunted let that one go. Elevator. She did the the elevator game uh, episode. In... Yeah, that's. Yeah. Not, I mean, that's kind of it, but there's got to be <laughs> like. A haunted elevator. Okay. I don't know why. Just ah. find a haunted. Find me a haunted elevator. Are you telling us You'll that be you want it. to haunt an elevator when you die? Now, is that what yeah. you're trying to tell us? Well, if they don't find die an episode, in an elevator, I guess I'm just gonna have to. Yeah, apparently you're going to have to make the episode. I, I might just have to. That's it. I'm offing myself so Layla can have material. Sweet. Dark. Wait, not actually. Wow, <laughs> wow went dark. Um, Anyway, right, next. Let's, yes, let's continue. Speaking of voice uh, talent. Uh, most of, if not all of the weird little background characters that you hear are played by me. Um, I know there are a few of them that really stick out to me. Uh, there's one where uh, 
it's in the second arc four five six where uh we're at starkron's lair and i put on my woman voice and scream my baby my baby (laughs) um there's that one that sticks out there are definitely a few from today's uh episode that dropped that stick out uh and uh in episode I, I one of my favorite things is doing bar atmospheres, uh, and uh, I got to do that in today's episode. So go check that out. Um, but a lot of them are just me in the background, just going. Oh. Well, I have an extra five minutes. Um, our next fun fact: uh, me, uh, Shane, and Rage, we all take turns writing episodes. Uh, I wrote episodes one through three. Uh, Rage wrote four through six, and Shane wrote seven through nine. So we've all, at this point, so no in, wonder uh, four through Force six have sucked. One arc. <laughs> that makes so much sense now. You explain it. Four through six sucked so much. Now I understand why. <laughs> oh yeah. Wow. Four through six. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We're really harping on the rage here. Yeah, that was the um, low point for for sure. I'm sorry. The low blow. Y- Rage knew what he was walking into. He yeah, knew it. Yeah, I, I opened myself up to a far more harsh criticism. And, so. um, our next fun fact. Uh, this one has a little bit of spoilers in it. So, Koa Eden, uh, the rebel leader, was originally supposed to be a one-off villain. Uh, he was supposed to be only there for episodes two and three. Uh, but because audiences really liked him, as well as me, Shane, and Rage really liked him, we decided to uh, keep him alive, uh, which you definitely would have heard in episode eight. Um, and real quick shout out to uh, Sidecar Sam. Uh, he runs a stream. Uh, he runs streams over on Twitch. Uh, go check him out. Seriously, he's our voice actor who plays Koa Eden. Very talented. Sidecar guy. stories. So in simpler yeah, terms, you're telling me Sidecar that you stories. Are... Yeah. I I. I am thinking of his Discord name. Sidecar <laughs> okay. Stories. Sidecar Sam. Out. Sidecar Sam. But in simpler terms, yes. you're telling me that you're listening to the fans. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We listen. Yeah. Oh, I listen sure. to everybody's stuff. Yep. Like, yeah. Uh, I've, I've told everybody, like, hey, if you have something, put it out. I know um, a whole bunch of our voice actors are either they do other stuff, they do YouTube stuff, or mm-hmm. they do, like, podcast stuff. And I listen to all their stuff. Um, oh, yeah, including sure. this one fan, his name is Rage Master. He's always bugging me about putting this one show Sci-Fi Malady out. I don't know. Um, <laughs> don't listen to that guy. Yeah, that guy didn't. Know yeah. Crap. Um, the, uh, our next. Oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, and also fun fact, and this kind of goes with it that um, between not just Koa Eden, but the Nikto Squad, which shows up in the episode today, they were meant to be kind of they they were a brainchild of Shane and well they're just so awesome we're keeping them too so mm-hmm. but to yep. to go to something you said Thomas you know oh we listen to the fans i'll be honest with you um no we do listen to any kind of criticism and there's only like one or two kinds of criticism we do not like and we've talked about this so i it's scott well, okay, three. But uh, no, criticism of people that they ask for something that we actually did. Like, oh, could the narrator have said this? He did. Were you listening? Uh, or the one that really I do not like, thank you very much, is uh, people that want world building. Like they want all the answers now. 
And I just, I don't like that because thanks, you know, now thanks to a bunch of YouTube channels that are like world building 101 and um, what is it, Game of Thrones? Everybody thinks that I just can't introduce a character without delivering a 12 page backstory. Yeah. It's like, can you just roll with it, please? And I haven't gotten any of that too much. But like, if I were to, well, can you tell me the backstory on the alliance? No, <laughs> no. I the the little bit we've given you is all you need. It's because you know, fun fact, and this is true of writers in general. We don't always know all the answers when we make it. When Shane made up, when we made up Koa Eden, we had no idea that he would take off. Mm-hmm. And so. And we were able to do something spectacular with him and the anomaly. But at that moment yeah. that when Ruck was writing him, it was like, okay, well, they need a probing ground and it'll be this thing. And then it, the way it worked out was like, we can't abandon this. This is too cool. Yeah. yeah. So now we have a backstory. But at the moment of creation, we had, we had no idea that it would become that. So give us a break. Give a writer a break if they don't have all the answers right now because – Sometimes inspiration strikes at the strangest of moment. You know what? You're right. I'm going to give J.J. Abrams another chance. (laughs) Uh, You could, but the problem is J.J. Abrams doesn't actually answer anything. Because we're not making questions and then just going, mystery box. We answer our questions. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, but I'm going to real quick speed through these next fun facts. Uh, I only have a few more, so uh, 7 through 12. Uh, so the voice actress for Cancer actually changed uh, between seven, uh, between uh, Chapter 7 and the Valentine's special. Um, fact number 8 is all of Alara's spells are in Romanian, uh, which is actually her voice actress's native language uh episode uh or not episode nine sorry uh fun fact nine is the voice for sagittarius was a uh reject solo voice audition from uh thor time studios mixed with clint eastwood and heartbreak heartbreak ridge also snake plissken i found uh fun fact 10 uh i tried like eight different voice uh shane tried eight different voices before he picked starcrons i remember sitting there uh in the chat and we would like kind of tweak it and find mm-hmm. the best voice uh fact number 11 uh is that zodiac task force kind of grew beyond the original concept uh it was envisioned as starcron is more of like a skeletor person and it the entire thing to be more episodic like cowboy bebop um but that kind of only lasted one episode and then we were like nope this is this is good we got something good here and our last fun fact is uh i uh, when I play Libra, I improvise most of my lines. And those are all of our fun facts. Woo! Yay. I, I would add uh, the, the one I'll just add to is about the voice actor for can- cancer. Now that you know that, Sickies, if you go back and listen, you'll notice that, uh, well, you'll notice that you don't notice. The actress that we got to replace the original did such a great job that unless you're really listening and focusing, you can't really hear the difference. So kudos to you, Renos. Excuse me, Mr. Writer-Director. Don't tell me what I don't notice. 
I'll be the judge of what I notice and don't notice. Okay, fine. If you're Scott, you notice it. Congratulations, Scott. Here's your medal. <laughs> All right. Time Let's to rip. move on to rips and picks. Rips and picks and rips and picks and rips and picks and kibbles and bits. <laughs> Let's get them. Yay. I would like to start off with a pick. And it's probably going to be, in my mind, I may be wrong, but I think this is going to be the best pick that I can give the three writers that are on the on this podcast right now. I was listening to episode six last night at my brother-in-law's house, and my wife was in another room, and she didn't know what I was listening to. And she asked me from the other room, are you listening, are you watching He-Man? And I know that, especially with the lesson learned at the end and the idea of an 80s cartoon, that He-Man was something that you guys were channeling to an extent with this. Among other things, yeah. So I feel yeah. that that is a compliment to you guys and to pick that you you absolutely are channeling to a neutral, unbiased observer who didn't know that this was a raving lunatic media thing going on that it was coming across to that person as having overtones of He-Man. That really is a a great thing because um, I want to step here for a minute. Someone, if you're wondering why is this an anime April, it's because we kind of are calling this American anime until we, without animation, I realize that's kind of stupid, but roll with me here. American anime, you know, America doesn't have Japanese anim- style animation. No, it does, because, but because it's not Jap, <laughs> it's exactly. not Japan. <laughs> but and that's okay. But my answer to that is, well, Japanese animation borrows from elements all over the world and makes it its own. So why can't we do that? And that's kind of how I, when you look at this, it's very heavily influenced by eighties, nineties cartoons, but also by a lot of anime. If you were to sit down on writers chats there's a lot of oh what about you know ruck is always bringing up naruto naruto is apparently his ultimate i love naruto <laughs> i love <be> it <laughs> if yeah, anybody and, wants to talk naruto i will do it with like hours on end yeah and other you know avatar and other things and i'm gonna obviously bring up the things that i grew up with and and Shane will throw out his anime that he likes or his whatever. And so this is all kind of morphing into that. Plus, we are getting art, by the way. And when you see the art, it's in the style of anime. In fact, it's heavily influenced. The artist is heavily influenced by Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. And it, I can tell you, it looks the sketches we've seen look amazing. I really can't wait to dis, to show that off. But... Uh, so yeah, to hear that this is channeling that is like awesome because that's yeah. what we were going for. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I want to start with a rip, but I kind of have to go with a pick. But you always start with a rip. But I'm going to start with a pick. <laughs> All right. Don't you? You're not writing my lines. You can write. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying everything's topsy turvy today. Uh huh. Okay. Here's my pick. You know what? I'll turn it into a pick and a rip. There we go. The pick and the rip is the same thing. That this is a very simple story, in a way. You got good versus evil. You didn't overcomplicate it, which is very nice. 
and refreshing in a way. Because um, sometimes it's very simple just to know good versus evil. And it's very simple. And I like it. Though, I will also turn it into a rip. Your good guys are overly good. Okay. That's... I, you know... Uh, and the only, only reason I say that is because I... Some of the, the voices and the lines are like, oh, of course the good guys is going to say, and I am here to save the day, and I will sacrifice myself to save the day. Okay. All right. Well, uh, does it, either you guys want to take that one? Do, you got anything to say to that? No, I think it, it, it's definitely a good uh, – it, it's definitely a good thing that we wanted to focus on, just like the overly cheesy 80s, good guys are good guys, bad guys are bad guys type mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I think and the only rip yeah. is I see it coming. That's all. Yeah, which is not bad. Go on, Shane. No, yeah, I, th I think that's a fair assessment. I think you know we we we're trying to to not overcomplicate everything. We have like the main force of evil here, and then we have the main force of good here. And there's um, without giving anything away, there's a little bit of mix of the good and evil at one point where you get like somebody turning turning their coat, um, but. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's a fair assessment. We we try to just not not necessarily stay within the lines of good and evil, but you know, it's we've we've got this team that's that's trying to vanquish the bad guy. Yeah, and I think uh, I think that um, from my end anyway, that now it's an overplayed trope, and I, I call it everyone wants to be Alan Moore. Everyone wants to write like Alan Moore where all the heroes are actually scumbags and or they're good guys, but they're also really scumbags and the villains are just misunderstood, psychologically damaged people and they're actually the people we should be sad for. That's oversaturated now. Ooh, are you telling me we're not, we're going to get a Starcron backstory of his childhood and his yeah, trauma his, from his mother? Yeah, he has daddy issues or no, something. No, that's coming for Scorpio. Yeah. But I, I think from my end, hey, you know what? If you were to do I that, feel like there needs the to be a backstory for Scorpio where he was idealistic, but he watched like um he watched his an unknown brother or relative give their life for someone who who didn't even appreciate it and then went down to become a criminal and like yeah you know there's some interesting this is why scorpio doesn't want to fight for the weak there's some interesting <laughs> things coming down the pipeline with scorpio that or that he was see. mistreated as the butler of aries <laughs> forced to clean his shoes and scoop his uh whatever his dog's poop is every single day uh <laughs> Huh. <laughs> Scorpio was Ares Butler I'm serving on his villa, like cleaning on out his room. Marinate on yeah. that idea, actually. And he was always given no, 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 the. No, no. He had to clean up the room that had the massive orgy the night before. I'm gonna, I'm gonna marinate on that idea. <laughs> oh, actually, oh please well, don't marinate we... in the orgy. <laughs> uh, of no, course he does. No. All right, but, I gotta go to. I, but the point is, that's I wanted to make that a little more simpler because it's oversaturated now, and it's usually not done well. Because again. Alan Moore can write like Alan yep. Moore, not me. So pick rip. I'm going to alternate pick rip rip. When you do this, the, the remastered 20th anniversary special edition rock, I would personally 
change the battle music in the first episode because you guys build up oh. to this big <laughs> epic battle and what I, I I'm all of a sudden like I'm it's like a- I actually did a double take. I'm like, is this a battle? Or did they get into a dance club rave party going on? I'm like expecting in the background here, shot, 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 shots. <laughs> I'm at a, the very beginning when Starcron <laughs> shows up. I'm imagining, I'm imagining more, no, no, the battle with the Zodiac Task Force for the first time. There where a battle in the first episode? I think it's the first episode where Ruck is like, uh, where Libra's like, hey, tall, dark, and ugly, or uh, tall, would, dark, and stupid. That would have been three, I think. Oh, yeah, that's no, that's two. Episode two. That's two. Episode two. And like you, you tweaked the battle music as time went on to give it more of that '80s cartoon action thing. But I really like. I felt that there was like, I'm like, is this a bar fight? Are they in a bar, a club? What's going on here? <laughs> Jokes on you. They actually were. <laughs> no, there was a club uh, yeah. in the background. I've I've talked to um I've talked to Mark and Shane about this, but pretty soon. Whenever I have time, I'm going to be doing remastered versions of one through one through three, as well as probably the other ones that I need to do it for. Uh, mostly due to like turning up the volume and stuff, and uh, and fixing the pacing a little bit too. Uh, but that that's definitely another one of the things. Uh, the music sometimes it's a bit too loud, in my opinion. Uh, so I'll definitely keep that in mind when I'm when I'm fixing that scene. Yeah. I think when you remaster it, you should re-image Sagittarius, and he should be um, <laughs> he should be brooding the loss of his wife instead of bringing her into the show, <laughs> motivating all of his actions. I hate everyone. And then and then I hate and then through the rest of the season, he turns into a uh, a gay dog. <laughs> that, there you That's go. a choice. That's a choice. Oh, here's a rip. So, just so we can be woke. Just so we can be woke. Yeah. Rip. Ye- you do a terrible uh some of your voice acting is very interesting choices me no i'm going to not you mark i'm okay. going to say uh ruck oh because oh, he does me. all the background yeah guys. he does all the background <laughs> ones so sometimes it's a, it's like that's a woman that's supposed to be a woman is that a little Listen, girl man. what yo it's just sometimes I, and i get it i get it but sometimes it's a little like, dude, I see you're trying, but that one fell, fell a little flat. The the woman uh, that I did, I forget which episode it is. I think it, it's one of four, five, and six. I want to say it's four. Uh, it's one of my favorites only because I know, I know that it doesn't sound like a woman. And uh, when I was doing it, like obviously we don't have a lot of extra voice talent. And I remember, especially um, at that time. oh yeah, especially at that time we were like, oh, well, let me go ahead and, um, let me just do it because I do it all the time. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to do a woman's voice because Starcron's not going to be the type of dude who's just like, ah, women are no threat. I don't need to capture any women. Uh, but, uh, no, he, he, he's, he's equally terrible to all genders. <laughs> um, so I was like, well, I need to put on a woman's voice because two of the women, that uh that i know are busy so i was like well yeah i only know two women um i was like okay i guess i'll just do it so i did that and i was like trying to get my voice as high as possible and i was like oh no my baby (laughs) i'll be honest when i first heard that i thought it was miss piggy (laughs) listen man (laughs) yeah that's what i heard i was like 
Well, I mean, it's just a quick line, but yeah, I heard. Yeah. And I played it to another uh, guy I work with, and he was like, "Is is is he torturing Miss Piggy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miss Piggy's in this universe. We're doing a crossover with the Muppets. Yeah. Jimmy. Unhand her, you <laughs> unhand her, Starcron. That's fantastic. You can have the power of make believe versus yeah. the Soul Forge stones. <laughs> Necrostella re- uh, rose Jim Henson's corpse so he could sign the contract. That's amazing. <laughs> oh. uh, hey, Starcron, it's not easy being green. And then, ooh, Necrostella's mom could be uh, Lady Fairchild from Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. <laughs> if you ever remember her. <laughs> Hey, Tots! Ah, God! But the ultimate, the ultimate power in the in the merged universe is Striped Socks Nanny. <laughs> She's and so also powerful. the Swedish chef. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that would be amazing if he made an appearance. Oh my God! He he could him, be like him. he could be the force that brings upon the end of the world. <laughs> Him and Beak, him and Beaker are just sitting there as the new force of the galaxy that rules. <laughs> oh God, we're all gonna die! I have a, I have a pick. I am, and here's my pick. That Mork did not let his politics influence this. We don't have the socialist bourgeoisie taking over. Oh, yeah, I didn't pull out the hammer and sickle. <laughs> yes. You know, that's, that is another uh, interesting point that we wanted to make clear. This is a story. We're writing a story. And <clears throat> I always joke and say, I, I've told the guys this, you know, we're going to get big. There's a few ways we'll, we're know, we'll know that we're popular. One is that, the vocabulary we make up, the swear words will start getting used by other people. So they'll say glormit and call each other glor bags. Another one is, well, ah, smeg it. They'll be, they'll be, um, hentai versions of the show. Uh, oh, oh, you I'm not will, looking forward make, to that. Make, but wait, you make, you make Leo and Libra do it. Make Leo and Libra do it. Make Leo and Libra do exactly. it. Exactly. That that'll be something like There'll that. There'll be a fanfic for that. That's one way we'll know. And the other way is when people start, I call it Scrody McBoogerball syndrome. When people look way too into things and start adding like, oh, Starcron's clearly a Donald Trump thing. No, 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 man, not even close. That's no, <laughs> we were not going in that direction at all. I'll admit there's a little bit of fat 1930s fascist ideology in him as an influence. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to deny it. But if you're like, oh, it's addressing contemporary politics. No, it no, is interesting no, you said this because I have parsed and figured out the deeper meaning within the first eight episodes do of the Zodiac do 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 do. This is Scott's deep meaning. The Zodiac Task Force and this, this entire arc is clearly, absolutely a commentary on the dangers of complacency. It's what happens when a great power believes that it has vanquished all enemies and has achieved peace and has become so strong that it no longer needs to look outward to defend from enemies and it no longer invests into its own military spending. It's a clear analogy to what's going on with the hostile China looking across the Taiwan Strait at Taiwan and and emboldened Vlad Putin attempting to reconstitute the old Soviet empire. The fact of the matter is that this only has happened because... 
NATO has not kept its 2% target on defense spending. And you can see this clearly in the Zodiac Task Force where they have a Zodiac Task Force, but they don't know how to use it. It's not trained. They sat there and they demilitarized. They, they didn't have their most ultimate weapons available to use. And in some cases, they don't even understand it. Not to mention, Ethereum isn't even putting enough research and development into new weapons because they're trying to develop a new Soul Fire Stone, Soul Forge Stone, Stone, Come on, Scott, you can get that out. Um, but they don't know how to make it work. And they can't figure out enough investment into the lost technologies of the magic that powers it. This is clearly an analog that the United States needs to up its military spending, not decrease its military spending, in the face of recent defeats in Afghanistan and in the face of recent aggressors who are willing to try to come up and upend that American order. And that, to me is what the writers are trying to get across in the Zodiac Task Force. And it means clearly that Starkron is not Trump, nor is he Vlad Putin. He's President Xi Jinping. No, 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 no. I think you're getting it slightly wrong. What you should... I think the actual one is that the Soul Stone is, a, is the stand-in for thermonuclear weapons and that they should be being used more often and that we should have nuked the entire world before... When we only had them. Okay, Douglas MacArthur. <laughs> this has been... This has been Scott, and to a lesser extent, Thomas's deep meaning. How'd I do, guys? Actually, I was um, pretty darn good. A, you, you found a deep meaning, and I didn't even know there was yeah. one. Yeah. So you really surprised yeah, me with that, that one. That's that's what he does. I mean, the, the best will still always be Star Crash. Yeah, but, admittedly, um, I just tried to satire it, but hey. Yeah, but in in all honesty, though, no, there is no deeper meaning than what it is. Um, no, there is a deeper meaning. I don't care if you wrote it. It's clearly there, and I just outlined yeah. it, and it's undeniable. Uh, you can't tell me what this work means to me, uh, Mr. Writer. I can tell you what it is, though. So it's good. Can't tell, no, and you can't tell me what it is because you, I'm the writer. Quit robbing me of my You agency. put it out into the public space and I'm free to interpret it as I want to and tell you that it's not what you meant as the fan. Yeah, you can, but that doesn't make you right. Anyway. I do have I do have a couple more picks and we'll rapid fire them because okay. I want to ask you guys some questions about this and we're running out of time. All right. Um let Thomas get some rapid fire in here too, but um Starcron. The effect, the voice effect for Starkron is great. You guys, in what you're doing here, you need an iconic villain and you need an iconic voice and delivery. And the effect for Starkron has been consistent. Shane's delivery of Starkron has been consistent. I think he found that character pretty quickly. I could be wrong, but it, it feels like he's really um, moved into that character. Like he understands that character from the rip and you need that with an essential villain. Is that the case, Shane? You've pretty much found him right off? Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, I've always been like into uh, story villains and stuff. I like the that aspect of a story and, and kind of figuring out what's going on in their head. And I think with Starkron, it was originally it was just like my metal screaming voice. And uh, Ruck does a pretty <laughs> sweet effect on it. And so I'm kind of in my booth sending and you're going, no! And then, um, yeah, I, I think that getting to know Starkron and, and, and everything has been pretty rapid and it's it's fun to just like get in here and then get in like my my I guess I call it my Starkron stance where I got my arms up next to my head and I'm like shaking my fists as I'm yelling at everybody and stuff and and uh, it's it is it is truly like slipping into a character for for the voice and it's a lot of fun 
I love the channeling of He-Man with the lesson learned at the end. I love that Ruck gives himself lines where he can look directly at the, well, there's no camera, but he can look directly at the audience and say, it's me, Jason Argon, yours truly. <laughs> he gets those lines where he gets to be the one to just turn and have like a soliloquy where he gets to talk directly to the audience. Other people don't get that, so that's a perk of being the writer, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, Rage... I, you said you wrote uh, four, five, and six. Yeah. I love what you did in five. I felt it was a little Joss Whedon-esque. What's that? Where you told the story of getting them through the belt from two different perspectives. Oh, uh, okay. I kind of like that because we went and we got the result and then we went backwards in time to see how we got here. And then we got to piece it together from two different perspectives and figure out what really happened. So I liked that as a, as a creative twist there. Um, I love uh, Starcron giving a a what we learned, kids. Hey, kids, here's how to be the worst person possible in society. That's great for Saturday morning cartoons. It's right up there with Gene Roddenberry having the Enterprise meet the devil and tell you that the devil's just misunderstood and really a good guy. Um, fantastic. And then um, I have a I have a pick. What I think is a pick, and I'll get to it in the interview questions on the development of the Necro Stella character, but. Um, Overall, I, I like the fact that you guys haven't come out and give us everything in this world immediately, and you're kind of letting it, you're leaving it open to develop as it needs to go, rather than trapping yourself George R. R. Martin style with so much world building that you don't know how to finish this. Okay. Here's a couple I have. One, I love that this feels like the old stuff. It feels like 80s and 90s cartoons. It feels and sounds like that. I love that. And it gives you that feeling. But it also gives you that feeling of it's doing a more adult version of those. Because, I mean, you're harking back to your, you know, the nostalgia. But you're also not just simply and rehashing. It's a totally new story. It's a story that you can look at as an adult and enjoy. So it's definitely a pick for me. Um, With that... No, I think my next one would be I like the variety that you've gone and you've done big you're not holding back. You went episode, you know, what was it? 2. We're going to have a dragon appeal. Yeah, that was a good good episode. But I also liked it that at the end of what was it? 3. After you have your zodiac test supposed to appear and everything, you took a second and you went somber. And you went, hey, you played the somber music and you're like, 5,000 people died. Uh, the king is in a coma. You were like, you actually touched on that. And you actually went, and we just had a big battle in the middle of down, you know, basically downtown capital. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some death. <laughs> we, and, and you took that head on and you didn't run away from it. And you didn't shy away from that. And it's refreshing. Again, you're, you're, you're hawking back to the 90s and 80s cartoons, but you're doing it for adults. Yeah, and if you, uh, you might have missed it because we really told you, hey, focus on the chapters. But if you listen to The Adventures of Ares, that was written by Shane. And that was a really, really good episode, a really great short where Ares, who is the, the worst, uh, <laughs> he 
He was uh, once I, again being ferried away from the battle. I, I remember that because of the singing child. Yeah, and he met all these ordinary people, and he's so dis- uh, disassociated from reality that he has no clue what they go through. Mm-hmm. He's just absolutely out of sorts like, what? You you don't have enough money for food? You don't have enough money for clothes? or Or... You love your mother because she takes care of you when you're sick? What's that like? He's just so... In the way that he's losing bodyguards and all he can be worried about is my shirt. Mm -hmm. My shirt got a stain on it. And that really kind of is that image there that, that, yeah, we're trying to have the the kids throw back, but we're trying to... and, And two... With the adult, the adding the adult themes, the modern thing with adding adult themes is to make it dark, broody, psychological, and sex. Yeah. As though somehow that's the only way to make something mature. And I found that a lot of people who try to go that direction to be mature actually become quite immature. Wait, that's not the direction that the relationship between uh, Libra and, and, and Cancer is going? No. Uh, that I got canceled by mighty fun, baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not taking it in that direction because, it, it, well, as of now anyway. Huh. But no, we're, we are trying. To oh, there's going to be but, some fanfic about that uh, someday. <laughs> oh, I, as I said, that's how we know we're going to be really yep, yep. Uh, popular when. I guess I can't upload that, is a good that problem to Rule 34 have. now. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, that I is. I will a state fun... this. I will state this on the record right now. If you are someone who wants to make a Libra with anybody fanfic. I will voice act for it. I don't care. I <laughs> wow. Will that is phenomenal. You, you've heard it here, sickies and anyone else. Libra is willing to fanfic out ZTF. <laughs> um, All right. The only caveat I have, the only caveat I have is you have to make my lines super funny. If you make my lines <laughs> funny, then boom, you have it. You have me. Or he has if to have the right to funny. improvise and rewrite your lines for him. <laughs> yes. Yes. I have to have that right. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to move us along into a couple interview questions, ask a couple questions, get some opinions here, because I know Rage Master is up against a hard out here soon, and we're getting past optimal length of the episode to begin with. But I'm going to start off with the first one here, and this is for the writers and a little bit maybe for Shane, because he would have the insight potentially into Layla's frame of mind with this. Um, Necrostella, I have felt listening to this that that there's a channeling a little bit, maybe subconsciously, of Evil Lynn. Maybe with how she's playing the character and maybe how it's being written, I'm not sure. I could just be imposing my own um, perception onto reality. You know, I've been known to do that. But I think that, you know, I said I'd get a pick when I got to this too. Um, I think that Layla has done a good job finding that character because that's a difficult character to find. She has to be kind of whimsical and, and, you know, not concerned about death and destruction. And if that truly is, if she is evil Lynn to Skeletor, you know, she's Starcron's evil Lynn. Um, I don't know. I feel like she's done a, a very good job of finding and developing that character. And that character's gotten better throughout the eight episode arc that I've heard. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's that's pretty good. Um, you know, it's it's been a very fun relationship to write about because it's, you know, 
it, it, even kind of in in the Valentine's Day special where their where their love is more of like mutual love of power and and how they kind of support each other in that way and and not true through like love of of heart and stuff like that. And I think that writing for Necrostella has been a lot of fun because you know it's you get to give her I call her like the the Bellatrix Lestrange vibe where she's just it's more of like a love of dedication and then she's got this insanity and power and it's just like a really good mixture for a character and I I agree I think Layla's found a really good stride with that character and you get to hear like the the authority and the voice as well as like the unhinged insanity at times yep rock rage anything to add to that uh no because I don't I'm not really there in uh when Layla's doing her lines so I have no idea uh I will say this much though there was a uh she had to try out just like anybody else um so it's not like she she there was no favoritism there there were other people who tried out for the role so Mm -hmm. uh as a matter of fact when I chose her I didn't know that she was Shane's yeah I made sure not to announce to everybody that she was auditioning I was like all right just put your audition in and I'll let you know what they say and uh, yeah so uh there she had to go through the sifting process like everyone else all right, so this is a little more complicated, open-ended question. You know, people out there may wonder. You get you get some access here. Take us through the writer's room process where you break an arc. I know you guys said, you know, Rock, you did episodes one through three. Mark did four through six. Shane has done seven through nine. Um, when you guys are writing this, like, if it's Mark's if it's Mark's arc or if it's Shane's arc, how much input do the do the other two of you guys have with it so that someone doesn't Ryan Johnson this where Ruck tees it up with going on in the first three and, you know, how do you stop Mark from coming in with his three and deciding that he's going to kill off three members of the Zodiac Task Force? And, like, do you guys have veto power? Do you guys discuss these arcs and give Mark a broad? Do you guys have a whole idea where that arc is going to go? And Shane for seven, eight, and nine, you've got to work within that arc? Or when it's your arc, do you get to simply take the story in the direction you want to? Um, I think I think I can answer this one because uh, I'm right now writing 10, 11, and 12. Uh, and the writing process is uh, it's very fun for me uh i think for the other guys it's also pretty fun we've had a lot of fun writing the show uh the the writing process kind of goes very smoothly as well because we all kind of know where we want to take it just in general um we've gotten to the point where we have discussed the end of season one and what point we want to end on so it's kind of like a the road the road during is going to take us a whole bunch of different directions but as long as we our end destination is at the same point it's fine. Um, I I know like we have given a lot of agency to to each other and a lot of of trust. We have a lot of trust in each other to do that. Uh, but that being said, we also do have our writing process of we will write a summary of the episode. We'll present it to the other two, and then the other two will discuss anything that we have like that's major, um, major problems. Uh, like I know right now, just kind of writing uh, for ten, we'll say. Uh, I had one part where they're like, uh, or uh, 11, excuse me, where uh, one of them said, uh, I'm not too sure about this, but what if we did this instead to kind of enhance the idea a little bit more and make it so it fits in the universe better? Um, so instead of putting each other down, we really try to build each other up and uh, make the story as best as it can so that we can give the audience and the people watching and caring about the show 
the best story that they can have. Yeah. yeah there, there is, yeah. In the same vein, we have regular meetings and where not every meeting we talk about it, but uh, we often sit down and say, okay, well, here's where we want to go. And there's a lot of freedom. You know, when Ruck's writing his episode, Shane and I don't jump in. We let him finish it. And then we submit scripts to each other and we look over it. And really, I cannot think of a time where we've ever fundamentally said, you have to change all of this. That's never happened. No. Uh, there's been some adding or taking away of lines or a little bit of tweaking, but nothing dramatic ever. And because by the time that someone is writing, they're at that point where they already know where we're at. And I can say there have been times where we've been writing and or have been discussing where to take a character and it's almost like a, a clairvoyance where someone will pitch an idea and we'll say okay but how do we get there and someone else will say it and I can recall one I won't say what because it'll spoilers but where I was wondering well how would the character do that and then I thought of it and then Shane pitched it and said, well, obviously they would have done this and that's how that character would have gotten there. And I thought I was just thinking the same thing. Um, so there's not a lot of, and, and Shane, you hit upon this once in a meeting ego. Yeah. Aside from the fact we plan unlike the star Wars story group, there's no egos. We recognize this is very much a try a trifecta here this is a we're a trumavar and each of us brings something an angle that contributes so when we hear an idea we don't just shut each other down and you know ruck just posed an idea the other day for a character you will meet soon and i uh at first i was like i don't know but i thought about it and then i was like you know what that could work that could work and so I added it to the story Bible and Ruck, you'll have to tell me if you saw it yet, but um, I did. So I think, We're having a meeting right now, actually. No, yeah, <laughs> but that's kind of how it goes. It's very much uh, we we build off each other and we'll say, hey, what if we do that instead? Or, oh, or it'll be, hey, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Let's go for it. And so it's it, it goes a long way. All right. I got two more questions. This one probably be for all three of you, and the last one will just be for Ruck. You talked earlier okay. about um, listening to fan feedback and being open to it. Um, do you guys have a plan for when you get to the point where the fans are vested enough that they have an idea how this should go, and if the idea that it's going to that the fans have for how it should go doesn't, it, it's fundamentally off of the way you guys want to go. At what point? Do you guys say this is our artistic vision and we're going to stick with it even though we know the fans don't want it to go this way? Or at some point, do you guys make allowances to steer this in the direction that you know that your fans will want a certain thing to go? Wow, that's a tough one. I'm going to let you two take that. I don't have an answer. I'd have to think about that. I don't have an answer for that right now. Uh, um, if you want to take this one, Shane, I can I can follow you up. Okay, yeah, I don't have yeah, that's a that's a tough question. I I would say that first and foremost, that would be a very good problem to have. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think that between the three of us, we have a tendency to, um, I don't know what the words looking I'm looking for, 
we could all make if you want yeah, I, can. I could we could all make a decision yeah. together and kind of move forward and even maybe include some of the ideas that the fans have given but i don't think that deterring from our artistic vision would happen like 100 percent. i think we've got an idea of where things are going and if that doesn't match up with with fans then that sucks but i do think we could take some ideas and and include them i think maybe maybe a compromise that was the word i was looking for yeah um a good a good way to answer this at least for me is um we value our fans a mm-hmm. lot and we in our brains we have a good idea of where we want to go with this story um and it's just fun uh to to def- uh, it's definitely fun to write this story so while we're writing the story and we get these fan feedbacks like let's say uh like one of our fan uh, one of our fans uh talked about the pacing of the show and uh from after I think it was right after 3 had aired they were talking about the pacing and how it felt a little too quick. And I took that and I went, okay, well, I'm going to slow it down a bit. I think that's good feedback. I think going into it and, and saying, I want this character to go this direction, that's a bit excessive sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that if you have the idea, that's perfect. Uh, but it's, it's definitely a show where, hey, we already have some basic ideas of where we want to go. Uh, so let's say Scott, if you came in and said, "I want, I want General Capricorn to start hating her son, to just straight up start bombing him and like s- saying she doesn't love him anymore," I'd say, "Okay, good job. I'm glad that you think that it should go that way, but it might not be the way we go." Um, so that's that's preferably where where I'd stand on that. So, so again, you're looking for constructive criticism at times and constructive <clears throat> decision making oh, yeah. if you're not but you all have ideas of the characters and the overall story arc yeah right. yeah if someone came and said hey make it you know make it really dark and watchmen like uh you know i could see why you might want to try that angle for something new but um and maybe one day we could try that with something else in there you know it's a big big universe um but or we can try to a different degree yeah no and i get it and that's all i was saying was i i you're looking for feedback from the fans and ideas from the fans but i do and i i I do actually have a i do actually have a story about about something that kind of occurred with this which actually made its way to air um, one of one of our fans uh, was talking to me about how Capricorn didn't seem uh, amazingly fleshed out over over the few episodes that she's been in, and they kind of wanted a little bit more from her, and they don't really understand who she is right mm, now in the story. Yeah, yeah, that's um, and I, I I took that and I went, okay, you know what? If they're not understanding her character, why don't why don't I write a little short story so that we can go ahead and we can we can explain a little bit and they can understand her a little bit so that's where the story shadows from the past came in the little side story with capricorn's dream uh and you can kind of understand her a little bit more Mm -hmm. uh through that and i think i think that's the type of constructive criticism like you were talking about uh thomas uh like that's the type of constructive criticism that we want we don't definitely don't just want people to suggest and suggest and suggest we want like hey like this this is good. We want people to respect our our 
I don't want to say authority with the show, but that's kind of what it is. Our, our, our agency with the show. We want them to respect our, our creative process and stuff, but we respect my authority. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, but we, we want, yeah, go on. I'm sorry. No, we, we just want people to enjoy the show that we're putting yeah. out. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. And if, if, and the, yeah, we're not against that. It's just, it's, we might take your advice and tweak it. We might accept it wholly, like uh, you know, Ruck just pointed out with Shadows of the Past. Um, or we might just, just disagree and think that's not where it's going. Yeah, but we're happy to engage in that regard. We're not willing just to say, you know, your Capricorn theory sucks. Yeah. We're not going to snub the fans. We're not going to give them the middle finger and say, it's ours, ha, 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 loser, I'm going to troll you. Um, instead, it's going to be, well, okay, I can see why you think that. Um, but I don't know if we want to go that way and we might have a, a little back and forth. We're happy to do that, but all right. Last question, Ruck, I'm going to say two minutes and it's going to be a loaded question. So it's going to be a challenge for you to answer in two minutes. But I imagine okay. that editing the Zodiac task force is a monstrous beast of <laughs> something to do because you are basically getting all of these lines piecemeal to you from everyone and then you're trying to put these lines together in order within whatever software you're using and then add in the effects create the star cron effect anything else that you're doing with the editing chains take us through the editing process and how much hair do you have left at this point um i can i can say with uh full full confidence i only have a receding hairline and not yet am I going bald. Um, Jerk. <laughs> I I absolutely love editing Zodiac Task Force. Uh, I've talked to I've talked to uh, to to Rage and to other guy. Shane. 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 Sorry, Shame. I I completely blanked for a second. I'm sorry. Okay. I almost said Scott, and I was like, no, yeah. it's not Scott. We all know where I stand. And now. I was like, it's another S word. Yeah. Yep, Shane is uh, writer number three. No, I'm joking. <laughs> well, I mean, Scott's um, been MIA from everything except sci-fi malady for about four months now, so it's really bad if you're going to say you're talking to me over Shane. <laughs> yeah. um, I just no, talk but, about myself uh, in the third person? Yes, you yes. did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely – it is a big beast. Uh, episodes were originally – like I was talking to them about this the other day. Uh, the first three episodes, all of them were less than 20 minutes. Um, and then they kind of kept growing and growing and growing. And the episode that we just re released today is 40 minutes, I want to say, just under 40 minutes. Um, it's definitely a fun process. I would love, absolutely love editing Zodiac Task Force. It's probably the biggest project that I've been a part of. Um, it's a lot of work, uh, writing, editing, and, and producing it. Uh, but through the editing, we've definitely, uh, we've definitely gotten a lot of creative things happening through it. Uh, I absolutely love building atmosphere. Uh, like I said earlier, I love building the bar scenes because it's just so much fun. And you'll hear that in today's episode, episode nine. I love building the bar scene. I loved, uh, I love building all of the atmospheres. It's just so nice to be like, okay, this is, this is how you should feel um, during this scene. Uh, the music, uh, shout out to uh, White Bat Audio on youtube uh all the music comes from his channel go check him out love it starcron's theme comes from there it's one of my favorite mm -hmm. songs uh that's come out of zodiac task force and and what we've been using with it 
Um, I think by far the most difficult episode to edit uh, was probably uh, six, which had the big fight scene between Starkron, Necrostella, and the Task Force. Uh, I've told this to the guys before. Uh, it took me about four, four-ish hours to edit that fight scene. A little over four hours, I want to say. Um, and it's just been so nice to to hear everything come out and everybody say such nice things about it. And even when there aren't amazingly nice things to say about it, it's constructive. It's like, hey, you did this, but I think you should do this instead. Like, uh, tweak it this mm-hmm. way. Uh, and I think it'll sound really good. Um, and that's that's all I have to say about editing. It's just been an amazing process. All the people who've gotten their lines in on time and even the people who talk to me are just amazing people and the actors shout out to every single last one of them i wish i could list every single one of them i remember all their names because they all write their names on the thing and i'm like oh i remember your name your name your name your name uh but yeah it's just been an amazing process now now now, scott the reason why he hasn't lost his hair yet is because of our sponsor this week it's (laughs) rogaine rogaine (laughs) i yeah i wanted to say a quick thank you to all the cast too they you guys are incredible uh, we couldn't do this without you. And it's just interesting how we have a cast uh, that's really international. We have yeah. people from all over the world doing this. And it is just a blast to see everyone contribute to this and have fun doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. I think, well, I that think everyone puts in their own time and their own effort. And, you know, we at this point, we can't pay anybody for this. So it's all volunteer work. But everybody you can tell puts puts in their best and and it's it's very appreciated because you can you can tell when you listen to the show that people are 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 enjoying it and and that means a lot to us i think what's left to do is for us to uh rate this yep yeah you two gotta rate it i'm gonna step this one out i'm I'm about to say we kind of can't have the writers rate this no well i'm gonna take a cop out in my rating i usually give a number how many star forges? I'm not gonna give. Way. I'm not gonna give a star forge number this week. I'm gonna say this about the Zodiac Task Force. It does exactly what you guys are intending to do with it. It's channeling '80s animation. Whether whether whatever your influence of '80s animation is, I definitely feel that '80s animation vibe coming through this. I feel the good versus evil. I feel the the wide open world and universe that you guys are working in. Uh, you have some clearly defined characters. The voice actors are all um, growing into and finding those characters wonderfully. The writers have found these characters' voices where they should and shouldn't be speaking up. You guys have little bits going in like Ares consistently caring only about if his vineyards are safe. Um, and you've introduced a villain who is very powerful but not so powerful that it's inconceivable to beat him and he has to face palm, fail to lose. And you've balanced that with characters who are powerful but are going through a hero's journey. So you have that aspect here to learn that. Um, there's some lore mixed in. You guys have done a good job with being original with your naming conventions. Um, Alara spells being in Romanian is a nice twist to make it sound more unique or... or uh, put you into some verisimilitude of a fantasy world uh, that takes you out of your own reality. Um, I think this is definitely something that would be enhanced by having actual animation. We would agree. Um, 
And that's why I'm not going to give it a number rating because the, the difficulty with giving this a number rating is that this is meant to be, I, I think it's written to be a cartoon or an anime in that nature. And it's hard to get some of that aspect of it when when it's coming through an audio drama and losing that visualization. You're doing a great job still conveying it, but it's hard to evaluate this as what I think it's supposed to be, which is a throwback 80s animation when it's on a audio drama. That said, the stuff that I can evaluate is fantastic, especially considering that this is a mostly amateur cast of volunteers mm -hmm. uh, without the training and, you know, the specific, you know, professional background to do this. You guys have come up with a story that is compelling, interesting. I want to see where it goes. There's characters that I like. And um, I, I think you guys have done an excellent job getting this off and running with a good villain. And um, we'll see who your breakout character is going to be at some point in this because I don't think the breakout character has identified themselves yet. But um, overall, I, I think this is something that is enjoyable. I would say it's definitely something I would tell people they should listen to. And I'm very interested to see where you guys are going to take this with the rest of Season 1 and beyond. So my cop-out here is that it's an enjoyable, nostalgic 80s throwback production that I feel definitely is worth the listen and um, does what it's supposed to do. I, I, I mean, that's a cop-out, but I'm going to also cop-out because I can't really think of a way of really giving this a number. Because, again, you're absolutely right that this is an audio drama. And it is definitely written in a way that seems like it is animated. It feels like it should be animated. It sounds like it should be animated. Absolutely is. But it is a fantastic throwback. It has a great... I mean... Okay, this is a complete cop-out. We have a great editor. Thank you, Ruck. Uh, <laughs> who's I got you, man. <laughs> Thomas, Fantastic you get paid job. first. You get paid <laughs> first. Yes, yes, it worked. Um, but no, uh, does an awesome editing job for us, and definitely shows in this show. Um, the writing is competent and well done, except for four, five, and six. Which I mean, yeah, it's, it's find, we got to talk to the guy. Got to get rid of that hack. Sucks, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, totally terrible there, but you know, comes back once. He needs a mystery box. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Lack, total lack of mystery boxes. Ugh. Completely wasn't on the page with the writer of the first three episodes. Took in a direction that no one saw that was going. And did just you kinda, like, see said, the dragon? <laughs> <laughs> this is what, yeah, did you even see the dragon? There were there were certain threads that were left out that the writer of four, five, and six just decided he wasn't uh, going to run with. Dropped the it. story uh, group clearly dropped the ball. It's almost like a one. screw you <laughs> message to the first writer that said, I don't agree with what you're doing, so here, let me destroy everything you did and let's let Shane fix it. And to the fans, yeah. too. <laughs> Big <laughs> F you. Yes. But it, wank a spank. Th this is why <laughs> I, I do agree, and all jokes aside, the writing is absolutely where you want to be. Because you did, again, be, hey guys, behind the scenes for a second. We knew about this coming out before, obviously, it was actually released to the public. You're kidding. I know, shocker. But again, when we were told, you absolutely have followed that vision that you originally laid out. You said, I want to do kind of a throwback 80s. You did. Absolutely. You followed your vision, and it shows. 
thank God this isn't a publicly traded company or I could get in trouble for buying those non-existent shares of stock that I bought right before this release. Ah, <laughs> 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 huh, you, you only bought a few? I bought a hundred. I'm making a bank now. <laughs> but and that's why I have to say I can't give this rating. It is fantastic, though. All right. Well, thank you. Rage Master, what else is going on in the Raving Lunatic Media Podcast Network? Otherwise known as the greatest podcast network ever made. Well, today we dropped our la- our most recent episode of ZTF, so check that out. Ruck and Shane, what's going on over at the Casatorium? Season 2 uh, of Case well, Close just ended. Yep, Season 2. Uh, I will be posting that today uh, of Case Close Season 2. Uh, we have another episode of A Case of the Chills coming out next week. And then at the end of the month of April, guess what's coming back? Season three, Cold Case Chase, baby. Woohoo! And uh, we're you, starting it off with a good one. And you also had a uh, drop yesterday on something in the Caseatorium, a new. Uh, the... Oh, yes. Uh, how could I forget? Uh, we had on Wednesday, we had uh, the Case RPG. Uh, we had that drop uh, an hour and a half long. Uh, if you guys are interested in listening to that, go check it out on the Casatorium. I'm in the process right now. And trust me, it sounds when you add the music, it really enhances the the mood. So if you like if you like Critical Role, try that out. Uh, otherwise, uh, there's this, of course, Sci-Fi Malady. Next week, we'll be doing Cowboy Bebop. Yay. And I think that just about covers everything going on here. So if you want to contact us with any questions about ZTF okay. or otherwise, you could do so on our Discord page or at www.kissup. Oh, never mind. <laughs> That's <laughs> circlejerk.com. That's better than what I was going with. Something about Libra and spaceship exhaust tailpipes. <laughs> No! RavingLunaticMedia.com, 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 Ruck, get away from my car's tailpipe! Rage Master, <laughs> what's left for them to do? Stay sick, sickies. And watch out for Carol Baskin! She's got her own show now! <laughs> and also Starcrod! Galaxy far, far away where evil star Kron has come out to play with hordes aboard on his course. Who could dream of stopping him? There's Leo, yeah, he's the leader of the team. He's the king of the beasts and the fighter for the dream. But up in the sky, it's a hell of a guy. Smooth talking Libra with the scales on his side. And out on the ground, there's Alaran Vance casting magic spells against evil's advance. But we all know who has their back. It's Sagittarius, and he's on the attack. But prowling round with poison and toe, yeah, he's my bro. Yeah, it's Scorpio. All the people sit down and pray, but fret not, ZTF will save the day. I've seen this one. I've seen this one. This is a classic. This is a... Sci-fi melody. Dresses up as a man from space. What do you mean you've seen this? It's brand new. Yeah, well, I saw it on a rerun.